How's it going, everyone? I'm back for episode two of The Ruminations of a Fighting Lion. And last episode, we, the royal we, I mean, (laughs) I, talked about, you know, my origin story in the hero's journey of this life that I'm living and there sorry I'm out of breath I just ran up and down my stairs (laughs) um and in doing that there were a couple things that you know, kind of came to light. Um, One was just how easily this medium flowed for me. Some people find journaling easier, others... recording their own thought, which I mean, is this, basically, is what that is. Um, I know others paint, others find many different ways to search for that catharsis, but it was something that it felt right. There have been so few times in my life where something I've done, something I've said, or, you know, person I've met, interaction I've had, where afterwards you just feel like, hey, that was good. That was... something worth of value, something that brings with one or brings with it a feeling of of oneness. I mean I'd try not to wax poetic here. Um, but it felt good and It felt like I was finally offering something of value to this world. Meager as it may be, but it's kind of prompted me to do a little bit more of self-reflection. I mean, it's, I'm constantly in a state of self-reflection constantly thinking, did I do that right? Did I say the right words? Did I help them as best as I could? Did I make them feel as if the world is a little bit lighter having interacted with them that way? 
because I think that's one of one of my number one goals in life is is to be able to look back and and on my interactions with people say when they came to me no matter how they were feeling or no matter what state they were in did they feel lighter did they feel happier did they feel listened to or understood in some way did i lighten their burden did i make them smile did i make the world not seem as bleak as it is and i think if i can look back on that interaction and say yes then i think i did a good job and doing that first intro episode kind of you know talking about me i'm i'm really not trying to make this sound narcissistic it's really hard because i'm i i'm i'm truly not a narcissistic person i you know the amount of times that you could probably you know write down that i will say i or i am this podcast I'm sure it's going to be in the hundreds of each episode but it is what it is but last episode kind of it gave me a cathartic release and it was something that felt right and at that something that I want to continue that's a feeling that i want to search for want to search after want to look for want to obtain in in my interactions with people and in, in my interactions with myself and in all the discoveries i make about others and and learning from their experiences and learning their stories and developing relationships with and friendships with those people and truly understanding another human being and their existence is something that I think I I desperately want to do I desire it So typically I think most episodes are going to be kind of generally topical based on some kind of idea or thought pattern or process that I've been ruminating in the back of my brainstem and Initially the thought behind this podcast was to create a podcast where I discuss why society may deem me a failure but why I may necessarily disagree with those certain aspects and so for example you know one topic would be I'm 27 and i'm living at home with my parents i don't have my own apartment 
most people would probably say, well, why didn't you move out at 18? Why didn't, you know, your parents kick you out? And why didn't I do this or that? And I can answer the first questions. I mean, it's... I'm going to be honest. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't ready at 18. I graduated college at 17 and then I moved back to Utah for a few months with the intent of going to UVU or BYU up there and my living situation kind of fell through and so I came back home. At that point my parents were living in Austin and so I moved back in with them and then over the next few years I would meet the mother of my child and you know Last night I kind of, not last night, last episode, I kind of discussed, you know, what happened with with her and, and what led to our, well, not, not necessarily in detail, but needless to say, you know, we, we separated. And as a result, I now have financial obligations to her and to my daughter and for my daughter which are absolutely justified which I she is my child and while society may deem me a failure because I don't move out and I can't afford an apartment one sure I live with my parents but Guess what? All of my child support payments are paid in full, are constantly paid in time. And in fact, I'm actually paid ahead almost an entire year. There were a couple months where I was being double billed by the OAG, which you know led to my kind of rant last episode about how incompetent they are, which I still completely stand by. They are grossly incompetent and they misappropriate funds and money I, I can't imagine not, not on a consistent basis for many 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 people in the state of Texas I mean it's absolutely ludicrous but that being said I mean it you know I have I have a cushion of about you know, a year where if I lose if I lose my job or if I don't have any income then you know my child support payments I don't necessarily have to worry about but that being said um, yes I don't have my own apartment but the reason I don't have my own apartment is because I can't afford one because I have financial obligations to my daughter. And those financial obligations are met in full and then some every month on a consistent basis. And it is something that I have actively participated in and and drove for in order to be a, one, my words are failing me to be the best example of a father that I could be to Colette I want her someday to look back and see hey well yes they weren't they you know their parents might not have been together my father was actively engaged and he tried everything he could to ensure that those financial needs were met. And I want that 
to be something that I'm proud of and that she's proud of. And I, I am proud of that. I mean, it, there are many, many people, some in my family whose, whose fathers are, you know, years in arrears. <laughs> years in arrears. And I don't want to be that. I don't want to be the deadbeat father. I don't want to be the one who never came around, the one who had nothing to do with his child's life. I want to be as involved in her life and, and the lives of those around her. I mean, in, in, in her mother and her husband's lives and, and to be a positive example for, for my daughter and for their kids to, to look back and say, Hey, Dylan did a good job. And so that was, that was kind of my initial idea for this podcast was, was what is, I would take a topic like that and then I would talk about it and, 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 you know, spin a yarn and discuss why I didn't necessarily agree with society or why I felt that society, its expectations of of men in today's day and age are unrealistic and and toxic and thankfully you know I have such an excellent relationship with my parents that you know I even though I I do live with them I do still provide some financial assistance for them in 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 keeping our homes and in groceries and I'm trying not to be a leech <laughs> As, as little as I make as a pharmacy technician, but that was the initial thought behind this episode. And it's kind of evolving. Or not just this episode, but, but the podcast in general. I had a discussion with my mentor, Ryan, who is... other than you know my father and and my grandfather Ray who passed away um in 2019 um he is one of the most incredible positive dependable realistic figures in my life he he pushes me to be a better individual and known him for a few years and over the years we initially we actually met at an addiction recovery meeting and it was you know an incredible experience to meet the men that were in that meeting and to develop friendships with them. But Ryan soon became my tutor, my mentor. He rekindled a love of self-development and learning and growth and self-belief 
in my value and my worth as a human being. Because at the time, before I met him, I was foundering. I didn't really have any direction, and he gave it to me. And so, Ryan, if you ever listen to this, I can't thank you enough for what a positive figure you've been in my life and how you've impacted me and how what you have taught me has actually allowed me to impact others in my life. I'm so grateful for you and, and for the example you are to me. Um, but I had a discussion with him the other night where he basically pushed me to do this podcast. Told him I didn't have any direction and that I've just been ruminating on this, the idea of, of developing a podcast as I love for them. And, and he just, he convinced me to finally just do it. You know, that's not a ad for Nike, I swear, but, um, <laughs> they're not sponsoring me yet. Nike, if you're listening to this, I'll take your sponsor. Um, but he was just, he's, he's pushed me to go outside of the boundaries of my comfort zone. And he's helping me define who I am. And so I did it. That night, I recorded the first episode of the podcast. And I was given a feeling of peace and presence and oneness that just felt right. What this boils down to is episode two is a deep purr, quote unquote, dive into something that I believe all men struggle with, and that is the feeling of inadequacy. The definition of inadequacy is lacking the quality or quantity required, insufficient for a purpose, or inadequate of a person is unable to deal with the situation or with life. Both definitions are fairly ad- <laughs> adequate in describing the feelings of inadequacy as a man. And the more I reflect on this, the greater my understanding of my limiting beliefs and how they're holding me back come to light. Being a man in today's day and age is hard. I mean, being, 
being a woman, I I, I will probably I can't attest to because I'm I'm not one. But I honestly I I'm sure it's harder, and I'm not going to cheapen that at all. I mean, being a woman in this day and age, I I I can't imagine. But being a man in today's day and age is scary. Um, with terms going around the world like toxic masculinity and stories of abusive relationships coming out and when you've got examples like Blizzard who are men taking advantage of of women in absolutely horrific ways it's scary because the problem is there are so many bad men out there and they are taking almost all of the attention away from the good men from the men who work from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., from sunup to sundown, from the men who try their damnedest every single day to see that food is on the table for their family, to see that they are taken care of, to see that bills are paid, to see that the electricity stays on, to see that their children are (laughs) adequately prepared for the future and what it holds. It's an increasingly more difficult mantle to bear because men have for so long abused those underneath them and they have received the attention whereas the good men who have worked and worked and sought after things that are light and good in life are by are are bypassed are are overseen are moved away and i think that's a tremendously poisonous aspect of our society today is is how much it focuses on the negative in life as opposed to the good because frankly nothing shocks us anymore and only the most breaking of news actually gets on the news they don't tell of the man who bought 800 meals at McDonald's one morning they don't tell of the man who stopped off the road and he helped a family get home because their car was out of gas or they had a a blown tire They don't tell of the man who stands up for those around him because they are being relegated to the fringes and edges of society. They don't speak of the man who, by the sweat of his brow, works to create something over years and years. The men who build businesses and then those who are able to enrich the lives of those around them of the men who donate billions of dollars to charity. And 
it's scary and it's sad. But society has this image of a man in, in, a, in a, I guess in a positive light, I suppose there are multiple images of what society views as a man. You've got the, you know, the the one greedy man who's willing to step on all of those underneath him and break their backs on his climb to quote-unquote greatness. And then you've got the other view of society viewing a man as someone who is an trying hard to formulate my words here. Clearly it's not working. But actually, no, this isn't the other view. This is the same view as, as society viewing a man to stand on the backs of others who is an emotionless creature who does not but all to seek after money and the vain things of this world of a man being 18 going out and conquering the world one woman at a time of a man being the unfeeling incapable emotional monster that he is or that he has the capability to be they expect us to be out of the house at 18 to have a direction in life that is infallible to have The indomitable will of Genghis Khan, of Alexander the Great. When in reality, I've, most men probably suffer from significant feelings of inadequacy. Most men suffer lives of extreme desperation and then they die in quiet ignominy I believe that every man has a fire within them and a purpose in their life and a direction that they just have to discover but they expect us to know exactly what that direction is by the time we're 18 to go out into this world 
and to be able to create something of ourselves that while if you can do that I mean that's honorable that's incredible more power to you but guys at 18 don't <laughs> they don't know what they want <laughs> we don't I, I'm 27 I still have no idea what I want to be I'm working on it. But society expects us to be this. Actually, it expects us to be different things. There are aspects of society that expect us to be the alpha male, to be the dominating wolf, the leader of the pack. And on the other hand, it, it expects us to be a soft and gentle individual and while yes we should be both absolutely it seems like society does not want us to be capable of both of either you seem to think that only bad men exist in this world and that they need to be stopped or destroyed or what they have created needs to be brought low which is heartbreaking because there are so many good men out there who are trying their hardest to just see that ends meet and to make it one more day, one step at a time to see that their families are fed and that their kids grow up with pride in their father. The title of this episode is probably going to be something like Inadequacies minus the ads or something along those lines. And I suffer from many of those. I feel as if I am woefully inadequate as a father. I feel as if I am woefully inadequate as a son, inadequate as a brother, inadequate as a friend, as an employee, as someone that does not value himself probably nearly as much as he should. And that's something that I've struggled with, I think, my entire life our feelings of inadequacy. I was inadequate to my daughter's mother. I was not what I needed to be, what I should have been. I am inadequate to my daughter. There's, well, yes, you know, I, all of my child support payments are on time. I still live with my parents. And I'm, I'm not financially in a place able to support myself and her if I needed to. And these are feelings that weigh heavily on my heart. And so many men in this world struggle with similar feelings. I know my father struggles with this immensely. 
and it is so hard as as a son as the eldest to watch your father have to be denigrated by society and those around him because he is unable or at the time he is not satisfying what society has labeled as the needs of a man to be and i can only imagine how many men out there in the world and women i uh, i both who feel as if they are not enough honestly it's probably the overwhelming majority of humanity men lead lives of quiet desperation that was the quote uh is thomas um i can't remember i have it posted on my cubicle at work but the inadequacies that we feel as men can be so crippling as to stifle any and all intents of progression in our daily lives why am i not good enough what can i do to be more how can i earn more how can i provide more how can i be enough for someone how can i be enough for my partner why am i not enough for my partner why am i seen as less than by my children or by my wife or by my husband or why why am i not enough why am i so inadequate to those around me this has been on my mind the last few days and the more i think about it the more i realize how incredibly destructive guilt-ridden and poisonous this kind of self-talk is it is something that has ruled my life for far too long that i have allowed to control my thoughts and my actions for far too long for far too many reasons this was why i didn't talk to the girls in my church because i felt as if with all of my mistakes and the choices that i've made in my life i would not be good enough for them and why would they want 
anything to do with me and the kind of person that I am and the choices that I've made. And it's wrong. It is so wrong. Why do I not provide enough value to those around me? And I'll tell you right now, if you truly asked those around you, what do you think their answer would be? I have a feeling the overwhelming majority of you, if you asked it, would be surprised. Because you are not inadequate. Men, women, those who don't adhere to these cultural and gender norms, what have you, I... I know that you are not inadequate. That you have value in those around you. You can find people that are genuinely thankful for your existence. All it takes is a little digging. at the end of the day, you are a valued human being, and you are deserving of light and love in your life. And while you may feel inadequate, and maybe there are ways in your life where You could probably be doing a little bit more. That does not make you an inadequate human being. All that that means is that there's one little aspect of your life that you just need to fine-tune, and you are more than adequate enough to do so. (laughs) I thank you guys for listening to me, and... I genuinely appreciate the time that you've taken to do so. Hopefully this becomes something of a little bit more regularity, of a bit of a norm on a scheduled basis. That's that's something that I need to work on in my life is developing a, a proper schedule just about all aspects of my life. That's why I've got 15 different planners and just about none of them filled out. (laughs) Um, But while inadequacy harbors the majority of our thoughts, please, my friends, do not allow it to govern your entire existence. Do not allow it to create your identity. Do not allow inadequacy to rule your life. Because I'm here to tell you that you are the farthest thing from being inadequate on this earth.
I wish all of you a good night and a good morrow, and I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you. <laughs>